Good morning. My name is Chris. If you hadn't had the chance to meet, and I am so thankful that you are, are with us this morning. Happy Palm Sunday. Um, if this is your first time with us, we have absolutely been praying that you would be here with us today. Um, and there, as I would probably say every Sunday, I would love for to see you again next week. But if there's one Sunday that I would, you almost have to come back next week, it's next Sunday. We'll, we'll celebrate Easter here um, and it will be a, a beautiful service. Um, if you've been dragged here today by someone, I, I hope they will drag you again next week, do it in a loving way next week, uh, but, but please drag them back again. So in, the, in Tampa, we know a little bit, I think, about parades. Um, we, we, we celebrate Gasparilla, and um, some of us not only love to, to go to the parade. Some of us even so much love to, to be in the parade. We love bringing joy and throwing beads and candy and other little plastic trinkets that, that bring people joy. Um, and so when uh, Eric and I lived in Nashville, the, the, I think the only time I've ever been in a parade was the, the East Nashville Hot Chicken Festival. Um, and so I do have a, a, a love for hot chicken. And so you can see us, we were uh, right in front of the fire trucks, um, which is a, a loud spot to be in. And uh, we were throwing out Tootsie Rolls and, and bring a little people joy that day. It's a, it was a short parade, only about four or five blocks. But it happened to end then at our favorite little breakfast spot in East Nashville. And because it was the Hot Chicken Festival weekend, they all had these amazing hot chicken biscuits. Biscuit, hot chicken, pepper, jelly, cheese. Can I say more? Like, this was the epitome of what I want a parade to lead to, a hot chicken breakfast biscuit. Um, but I, I want to venture to say that you really haven't been to a parade until you have been to Saluda, North Carolina, the Saturday immediately after the 4th of July to celebrate Coon Dog Day. The tagline for Coon Dog Day is a celebration of coon dogs and all of the people who love them. And this, this parade in, in Saluda goes right down Main Street. And it starts at 10 a.m., and I would say probably by 9.30, most people are already a little intoxicated. But there really aren't too many rules for what you have to do to be in the parade. Um, if you have anything with wheels, whether it's a broken down van, a roll of duct tape that you can put a lawn chair on, you can be in this parade. You could throw out Mountain Dews in this parade if you really wanted to. <laughs> you might have to duck them, but you could do it. Why are we talking about parades today? Because the Palm Sunday Parade might be the most famous parade in all of the Bible. And today's scripture reading, it's full of people that are just like us. Coming full of, of expectations, of desires, of who they thought Jesus was going to be. Of what it was like for the coming king that was going to reign, to rule. They expected Jesus to give them exactly what they wanted. And so I, I invite you if, you, if you brought your Bible today, to open up to Luke, Luke 19. Um, I actually forgot mine, I'll be honest, and so I'm going to be using the Bible app on my phone today. So you're welcome to, to pull out your phone. I won't know if you're texting or reading the scripture right now, so go for it. It's your one opportunity. Just to, to bring you up to speed as you, you open up the Bible, Jesus has been traveling around with his disciples, and he's been healing and, and teaching, and he's told his disciples several times now that they're going to Jerusalem, and he's going to die soon. 
And the, the disciples just, just don't seem to get this. It goes like right over their heads. And so they're getting ready to go into Jerusalem. And hundreds of years before this prophet Zechariah said, when you see a man riding into Jerusalem on a donkey, you're going to know he's, been, he's like no other man that's come before him. He's going to be like no other person, no other king that you've seen before. And so that's, that's the backstory for where we're going to start off today. So starting out at verse 28, after Jesus said this, he continued on ahead going up to Jerusalem. As Jesus came to Bethpage and Bethany on the Mount of Olives, he gave two disciples a task. He said, go into the village over there. When you enter it, you will find tied up there a colt that no one has ever ridden. Untie it and bring it here. If someone asks, why are you untying it? Just say, its master needs it. Those who had, sent, sent, who had been sent found it exactly as he had said. And as they were untying the colt, its owner said to them, why are you untying the colt? They replied, its master needs it. They brought it to Jesus, threw their, clo- their cloaks on the colt, and lifted Jesus onto it. As Jesus rode along, they spread their cloaks on the road. As Jesus approached the road leading from the Mount of Olives, the whole throng of his disciples began rejoicing. They praised God with a loud voice because of all the mighty things they had seen. They said, Blessings on the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest heavens. So just to sum up what we read, Jesus and his disciples are on the outskirts of Jerusalem. And they're getting ready to enter the city. And they go get a donkey, and Jesus begins to ride into town. And as Jesus begins to ride into town, a large crowd begins to gather at the road ahead of him. And I'm not an expert on parades, but I begin to to think that this might be actually a parade happening. And then look what they did in verse 36. They began to lay their cloaks in front of him. And that's going to be our focus for today. This word cloaks could be translated their their outer garment, their outer robe, their coat. And they laid them down in front of Jesus. And why? Why did they lay them down? As a way of of showing honor to Jesus. Why did they lay them down? As a way of showing greatness that was coming on the road. Why did they lay them down? Because this was rolling out the red carpet for Jesus. They were saying, my allegiance belongs to you, Jesus. This was what you would do for a king. A king would get palm branches. A king would get the cloaks in front of him. And laying down coats for these people was laying down everything. Their coat would have been their most expensive possession. Their coat would have been their most prized possession. And they were laying it down. And yet, when they saw Jesus, they ran to the road and laid it down without hesitation. This was an entrance fit for a king. It was a a powerful moment we're witnessing here in this story. But I have to ask, what does it mean for us? What does it mean for us to lay down our coats? What does it mean for us to lay down our cloak? What does it look like? What 
does it mean for us today? And more than our coat, what does it mean to lay down something for Jesus? What does it look like to lay down our very lives for him? To lay down just simply means to give up, to let go. And there are two specific things that I want to focus on today that I feel like this story calls us to. And laying something down, I, I will have to give this disclaimer, it can be hard, it can be painful to let go, to give it up. And the first thing I, I think this story calls us to lay down is our desires. Our desires are those things that, that we want, whether it's our, our five-year plan, um, the things that we think will make us happy, the things that, that we so deeply desire. Just a, a short history lesson as Jesus was riding into town, all of these people had expectations about who Jesus was. They expected him to come in as a, an actual literal king. They thought he would rule, that he'd kick out the Romans, that they would finally be free from oppression. And yet Jesus was not quite that. Jesus was a king, but a king of a completely different kingdom. And the truth is, God rarely gives us what we want, but God gives us what we need. And don't we thank God for that? Think about all of the crazy things in your life that you've prayed for. Think about all those crazy things that you've just hoped for. Think about all those crazy things that you've just wanted so badly. I have to admit that I went to middle school here, and being in a middle school, I have to think back to like sixth grade, and that person you, you, you wanted so badly, and you would pray almost like, God, she just would complete me. <laughs> and I have to uh, then think to one of the, the greatest uh, philosophers of our time, uh, one of the greatest philosophers of our time. If you've ever read philosophy, you've probably heard, of, heard this name. Uh, the greatest philosopher of, of our time, uh, Garth Brooks, once said, that some of God's greatest gifts are, are unanswered prayers. Um, so um, my unanswered prayer might for this week might be, if, you got, if you're going to the concert this weekend, I'll see you next week, right? Yeah, yeah. God rarely gives us what we want, but God gives us what we need. And why? God rarely gives us what we want, but gives us what we need because God loves us so much. God rarely gives us what we desire but gives us what we need because God cares so much about us. Jesus says, why are you worrying so much? You worry about what you're going to eat. You worry about what you're going to wear. Don't you know your heavenly Father loves you and will provide generously? God loves to provide generously. So we need to lay down our desires. God, I'm giving you my five-year plan. I'm giving you my desires for my income and my bank account and my job status. I'm giving you my desires about my career. God, I'm giving you the things that I think will make me happy. God, I'm giving you my desires because you are a good God who rarely gives us what we desire but gives us what we need. The second thing that this story calls us to is to lay down our control, to lay down our need for control. To lay down your coat in front of Jesus was to say, 
Caesar, you are not king, but Jesus. And that could have gotten you killed or at least thrown in jail, if nothing else, because no one other than Caesar was king. They were saying in a bold way, Jesus, you are king. My allegiance belongs to you, Jesus, not to Caesar. And I think it's hard for us to completely connect with that because they were also then saying, not Jesus, not Caesar, or not Caesar nor I is also king. Jesus, not me, is king. Jesus, not myself, is king. Jesus, not all of us, is king. Jesus, not me, myself, and I, is king. But only you. You are in control. And we as human beings, we're, we're kind of all control freaks, aren't we? We love to control things. And the problem with that is that not only do we like to control it, we're generally pretty bad control freaks. We can barely control our own lives, and yet we think we control other people's lives. I want to be the captain of my ship. I want to control every detail. I think my way is the best way, and everyone else should follow it. I want to call the shots, and it makes me arrogant. We're pretty terrible at control, aren't we? Specifically when it comes to our own lives. You could follow me around with your phone and videotape my week, and it'd be like watching a bad car wreck, I think, over and over again. You'd be like, surely he's going to learn this time. Surely he's not going to say that. Surely he's not going to ignore his kids. Surely he's not going to say that to Erica again. He's going to learn. He learned the last time, didn't he? But yet it, it, happened, it happens to me over and over again. When Jesus calls us to come follow, it's not come and lead. It's come and follow. And yet, I'm the one that's constantly worrying constantly fighting to be in control, constantly trying to control every situation, constantly being consumed by every possible outcome that I have no idea will ever happen, constantly thinking about who knows what. And all it does is leave me constantly worried, restless, and sleepless. So lay it down. As followers of Jesus, one of the things that we need to lay down is our control. And I know it's, it's Palm Sunday and all, and Easter's coming, and I don't want to be a Debbie Downer here, but, like, why? Why? Why would I do that? Maybe you come today, and you, you check the Christian box, and you're like, I, I showed up on Palm Sunday, I'll be back next week, but, you know, what else, what else do I really need to do? Or maybe you're a skeptic, and the story of people laying down their, their most prized possession just makes no sense. Why would they ever do such a thing? Well, the truth is, when we lay everything down, we, we find everything. Jesus says that when you lay down your life for me, you will find it. But if you hold so tightly onto it, you'll lose it. Everything in it, what, what are everything in it? Those are those things that we are searching for in life. Everything is, is joy. Are you searching for joy? Do you have everything in your life that you think you need, but yet you're empty? Do you keep going after that instant gratification and it just leaves you feeling guilty? Are you searching for peace? 
Is everything peace for you? Or do you find that you're just angry? Angry with your spouse, with your family, with your coworkers. You're constantly battling and wrestling with everything. Because everything then that Jesus offers is a peace that passes all understanding. It's a peace that comes even in the midst of a storm, not just in the absence of it. Because that's a peace that I can sign up for every day. That's the peace that Jesus offers. Are you searching for purpose? Have you been searching for purpose in your income, in your job, in your bank account? Or maybe you're searching for purpose in your house. If we, if we just remodel the bathroom and get some better looking tile on the backsplash. Or maybe it's in your body. If I can just get this one part of my body to look this way, then I would have purpose. Jesus offers purpose. Everything is purpose. God gives us a reason to get out of bed in the morning. Or maybe we're searching for identity. God gives us an identity that is constant and unchanging. When we feel crappy, our worth is constant. When our spouse leaves us, our worth is constant. When we're fighting that same addiction over and over again, our worth is still constant. When we're all alone and we feel empty, our worth is still constant. When we're struggling with our identity, God gives us a constant and unchanging identity. When we lay down our lives for Jesus. God fills us with who God is, with peace, with joy, with faithfulness, with gentleness. So today, I've got one question. Where are you? This parade is, is happening today. So where are you? Are you in the distance? Are you on that hillside just looking? Or maybe you're in the crowd or maybe you're, you're kind of inching close to the road and you're holding on to your coat and you're like, do you not see the label on this coat? This is, this is kind of an expensive coat. I, this is my whole identity. I, I just can't, I, I want to like be close to Jesus, but I just can't lay it down. Or maybe you've ran all the way to the road and you're, you're will, you want to lay it down today. You're going to lay down that relationship you just can't fix. You're going to lay down that addiction. You're going to lay down that, your private life that's just a mess. You're willing to lay down everything today and say, Jesus, you are in control. Jesus, you are king of my life. So I just invite you today, wherever you are, whether you're in the distance or on the road or willing to, to lay your coat down, just take one step. Take one step from wherever you are today. Will you join me in prayer? God of grace and peace, you love us so much and we thank you for it. God, we know that you are moving in our lives. God, give us the boldness to take a step. To take a step this day to move closer to you whether that is from the distance to the road, from the road 
to laying down our control and our desires. We pray that you would move in us in mighty ways. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen.